Seven. I am your host, Chris Hawk, for a very special, special R take. We are reviewing the movie Baby Driver by Edgar Wright. To my virtual left, we have Mara Bakari. I thought we established this. I'm physically to the straight to your to your like right ahead of you. Uh, like you know, on the I'm, screen. I'm bad at directions. And in front of me is a new guest, but not really a new guest. And Justin, Justin's <laughs> going to tell us why. We have Justin Genova with us. Justin, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, what's going on? Uh, my name's Justin. Uh, I used to work with Mario. Uh, I have a video game show with my friend Tim called Mega Retro Bros on YouTube. And uh, today we're going to review the brand new movie, Swiss Army Man, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> uh, Danny Plato. I don't know. What, what are we laughing about? I don't get it. We're, we're redoing that movie, right? Yeah, what did you think of that movie? What do you guys think of Pokemon Go? That just came out. That's pretty cool. Um, Justin was on the, the a year ago. It was like our second episode. We, we hardly knew what we were doing. And I think Swiss Army Man just came out. And we ended up in the movie theater together. So we were like, Justin, you got to be on the podcast and stuff. And we tried to, uh, rec- we tried, we, he was there, he, rec- he recorded his thoughts, um, it's just that, it's, uh, it's just lost, the episode's lost, and, and it, I think it was one of our best discussion-based uh, podcast videos, uh, I mean, it was the best podcast, it was, yeah, it was, it just was the best, <laughs> without a ever, doubt. <laughs> and now we're recording it over Skype, and this is my first time ever doing this, so hopefully this isn't, like, uh, all messed up, and. People actually get to hear this one. That that'll be cool. So, Justin, what do you think of Swiss Army Man? Swiss Army Man was great. Uh, I still think about that movie a lot, and really enjoyed that movie. It's too. It's you know. It's too bad. It's too bad we you know we get to tell everybody how we felt about it. So first That's up. True. So first up, after that good, very good intro, very that was spectacular. We have we have news. So earlier today, or the other day or one of those days, it was released that Alien Covenant on the DVD Blu-rays will include 18 minutes of deleted scenes. Now, no, Justin, you haven't seen Covenant yet, but Mario, do you think this is going to change the movie at all? No. <laughs> um, I mean, they took it out for a reason. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll have to wait to see what the deleted scenes are, and if they fit, or if they like extended some of the scenes, or if the movie just still didn't really uh, live up to the alien name for me, the alien franchise. So I, I don't know. I, I, well, I guess we'll find out what they do when uh, the Blu-ray comes out. So spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen Alien Covenant. Maybe this is 18 minutes of the alien actually living and not dying right away. That would be exciting. Wouldn't that be exciting? All right, so we're actually going to see the alien live. Like he's going yeah. to be cooking his meals. He's going to be doing play dates, play dates, play dates. With, uh, <laughs> with the android. <laughs> that I mean, would I be exciting. Really, have nothing to say about that until we actually see him. Usually, they post 
the deleted scenes on YouTube sometime for hype. Um, I I I th- I see myself buying the Alien Covenant Blu-ray just because it's part of. I mean, I already have all the fours. I'm gonna buy Prometheus. You might as well have the complete set of the Alien trilogy of the Alien mythology. You might as well. Yeah, I th- I think it's positive on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience seems uh kind of split on it that's all i have to say about that so one of the best trailers of all time came out last (laughs) week and we're gonna talk about the critically acclaimed uh dwayne the rock johnson's movie jumanji welcome to the jungle justin just as quick as you can tell me why this is the worst trailer about one of the best things that happened to our childhood man just See, I don't even want to go down that route. I don't want to do the whole, you know, <laughs> childhood thing. It's ruined my childhood. I don't want to be one of those people, yeah, my, my childhood's ruined. But the movie just looks bad. Even as its own thing, it looks really bad. You got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who's awesome. You got Jack Black, who I don't mind. You got Kevin Hart, who I don't mind. So, I mean, it's got decent star power. It's just, it's just crap. It's just terrible. I mean, the storyline just sounds awful. It's a video game. You're finding a retro Whoa. video game system in a basement of a school. Why would a school have a retro video game system there? <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense. And then you have these kids transform into, like, these mega stars. It's like, why was it just so hard to believe that, like, maybe Dwayne The Rock Johnson was having, like, a, a, a board game night with his friends and they, like, found yeah. a Jumanji board game and then got sucked <laughs> into the world? Like, I don't, I don't understand... What's up with the premise? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm, I'm angry, all right? <laughs> <laughs> what if, like, The Rock, like, like you said, like, we gathered his friends around the table, and he's like, you know, they're probably hammered, because I see The Rock being, like, a, one of those douche neighbor guys who just does CrossFit, and <laughs> he's just, what? you know, they're just, yeah, I don't know. He suggested something new. He's like, guys, what if, and so we watch the game. What if we sit here and we play a game as a board game? And then they, boom. I, can I interrupt you? There's a go power ahead. outage, and they, play, they have to play a board game. They can't do yeah. anything else. <laughs> there like, you go. They, that's all you have to do. Like, that's it. I just, boom. Th- it's, such, it's such a detraction from what the original was and how it's, it's not a board game anymore. It's now a video game system. How, how are they, did someone... And an African tribe plays a voodoo curse on a video game console so that whenever you defy the gods or something like that, you get sucked into the video game console. I just, because isn't, isn't that kind of what, it's like a voodoo curse almost, well, like the first Jumanji. You know, I am, you know, I am a video game expert here. Uh, you know, YouTube channel, <laughs> Mega Retro Bros. Uh, we do retro game stuff all the time. That's a quick plug. Um, no, but even as a game, it doesn't even look right. Like the screen within this game. They, it doesn't yeah. even look like a retro video game screen. It looks like just it looks like generic font on the screen. They don't show what any of the characters look like, so the kids are like, I guess I'll be this person based off the description. Like, what video game have you ever played? It doesn't even show you, like, an avatar or what that character looks like before you what select What retro them. game system was for players? It, it, that's another good point. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's adapters that came along later, you know, for some yeah. early Nintendo stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, that thing looked like it was supposed to be like an Atari or something. But anyways, it just, it's stupid, man. It's, it's dumb. 
It's dumb. I, I just can't wait for the inevitable Pixels 2, Jumanji 2, <laughs> crossover. 3 crossover. crossover. Yeah, I just... I'm all about crossovers right now, so this this is inevitable. That's it's a inevitable. good one. Yeah, I mean, because this movie's probably going to make just about the same amount of money as Pixels did, so. <laughs> and probably the same critical acclaim as well. I, I I like The Rock. I love his work ethic. I love that he, he does put a lot of heart and soul into mostly every single movie that he does. And he we've seen that it's he cannot himself... Um, carry a movie with Baywatch. We, we've seen that it just didn't happen at the box office for Baywatch. So some, I think The Rock needs to, I wouldn't say pick better movies or pick smarter movies that are sure to succeed. Or maybe he's doing whatever he wants, just like Adam Sandler does. But I just, I mean, he's doing a Rampage movie too. And then he's, he just did a Jumanji movie. He's two video game movies right there. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing what's going on with the Rampage thing because that's such a weird video game to uh, to turn into a movie. Because w- what was the last Rampage game that came out that anybody cared about? I don't. It just doesn't make much sense. Early two thousands, maybe. Yeah, like I think the Wii had one, and that's probably it. Like the Wii and GameCube, I think had a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Rock is definitely going where the money's at. It's 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 probably just money. It's, that's all it is. I don't. I love the guy. I think The Rock is amazing. And like I said, I like Kevin Hart and I like Jack Black. I don't think they're the problem. I think it's, I think it's the script. I think you're seeing something very similar to what happened with Ghostbusters last year. I think you have, I think you have decent people who are are good at what they do. You just have a really stupid script. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just to try to capitalize on something and make money. And it's like, no, stop it. So Treat speaking it with respect. Yeah, speaking of video games. Uh, Nintendo just unleashed a monster of a backwards compatibility console in the SNES Classic. Oh, it's backwards which... compatible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they're not doing anything with the virtual. They're not doing anything with their virtual console right now. So they're they're releasing the Super NES Classic, which includes about twenty one um, classic, or I wouldn't say all of them are considered a must have, but there are some. There are some definitely some um, some uh, like niche games in there, and it's a pretty good list. And let's just hope that this whatever happens when they come out with this console, that it doesn't the same thing yeah. doesn't happen to the NES Classic. Chris Hawk, I know you're excited. Justin, are you excited? I can't wait for this thing. Um, I've been checking like pre-order status every day as far as when it's going to be available for pre-order yeah i just refreshed the best buy and and walmart and everybody's page no one's put it up here yet like everybody else has got it for pre-order um they're saying that you know it's gonna be easier to come by i'll i'll believe that when i see it just because nintendo within like the past 10 years isn't you know they 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 make very limited stock i don't think it's really to build up hype I don't know what's going on in their warehouse. I think the whole build-up hype excuse is stupid because it doesn't help them any by not having the supply. So yeah. it really. Bugs. I mean, they did it with the they did it with the Wii. They did it with the Wii. The Wii U was kind of like that for a little bit, I think. Yeah, but um, I mean, the Wii was like in high demand because everybody wanted a Wii. Like, yeah. And I think the problem with this with the um, the Super Nintendo, you know, Mini Classic, whatever we're calling it. I think the problem is like everybody loves the Super Nintendo. So it's going to be hard like no matter how many they put out. I mean, they could they could come out the gate 
with two million of these things, they're gonna sell out. Oh yeah. I mean the the I mean, list of games yeah. is too good. It's got everything first party on it that you could possibly want. An unreleased Star Fox Two, like yo, that's amazing. That's really cool. That's a really cool move by them because it's not. It's a very not Nintendo move, if that makes any sense. Like they usually don't do stuff like that. Oh, we're gonna put out a game that we like just threw in the trash right before it was about to come out because yeah, who knows why. And then now you're gonna be able to play that game. Like the the creators of that game had no idea this move was happening. So I think that's a really awesome reason just to buy the thing alone is you're getting a game that you've never been able to get through Nintendo. Other people have put it out, but you know, this is Nintendo finally releasing that game like on their own. I, I think that's really that's really awesome. I think this they need only- a younger or go ahead, Chris Hawk. This only helps Nintendo in the long run. Like if they if they can gauge accurately how many consoles they're gonna they're gonna sell um, with this the uh, SNES Classic, they can gauge the public's popularity for these games, and so they can put them on the Wii, the Wii U. Is that the that's the current system, right? The Wii U. No, the Switch. That's the Switch. The Switch, bro. <laughs> I'm so behind. Call yourself a gamer. Who do you think you is? <laughs> I blanked for a second. But yeah, they can easily, they can gauge which games are more popular than other ones and they can put them on the Switch. They could easily do that. I mean, they have the, Nintendo arguably has one of the best back catalogs out of, out of all three of the main uh, consoles. I just, I don't know why they're not utilizing that. I mean, every like first party game they've ever made has been, you know, a, like pretty awesome and they could totally take advantage of that. I think they need a younger CEO, honestly, because they just they, the guy that replaced the the um the dude that passed away, I forget his name, uh, last year. Justin, you know his name? The uh, guy that was in if charge? you're talking about Iwata, who who was the uh, the president, I don't know yeah. who the new guy is. He, he he's old. He doesn't seem very happy. That's all I know about him. <laughs> and we all know that Iwata was like one of the best bosses for Nintendo because he cared about gaming. He cared about the gamers. That was that was in his heart. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they could easily, uh, instead of making this like a plug and play type deal, they could easily release these games like on a cartridge and put it on the Switch, which is the current Nintendo console. Just so you, yeah, that'd so be cool. Know. Uh, no, they they could easily put that on there, put thirty games on that thing. Oh my god, just release those in volumes. It would, it yeah. would really be all they needed to do. I mean, people I'm glad they're still making new like stuff, but that, people people want to play the classic stuff, man. I just can't wait. For, just can't wait for the uh, N64 classic next. Yeah, I'm wondering if they that'd, do that. I think that's going to be a very interesting one. That'd be pretty neat. That controller is is terrible, so they're gonna have to go back <laughs> and, and produce those things again. Game gotta, Boy it's, Classic. It's got to be. They got to make it so that it's a Wavebird controller for the N64 classic. Uh, that wouldn't be bad. Or put out the little um, the third party. There was a third party. I can't remember what their name was. But they was put out like a, a traditional style controller for the uh, N64, and that thing's actually playable. It's pretty good. Chris Hawk, I actually have a uh, piece of news that we could talk about before Baby Driver real quick. Go, go right ahead. Um, I'm going to read the title of the article, and then we could just talk about it from there. Uh, Ryan Gosling reportedly interested in a Willy Wonka prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be Charlie? 
I, I have no idea. I didn't read the article. I just saw a, the title a, and I was like, this is, prequel. this is great. <laughs> yeah. How is he going to play someone younger than him? I want him to play Charlie. <laughs> I don't care how they do it. He needs to be Charlie. The problem is, what if I they did Ryan a Gosling post-apocalyptic Willy Wonka later, and he's Charlie, like older? <laughs> they can trying... do that. He travels. You guys, you guys gotta understand the star power of Ryan Gosling. The guy can sing. The guy can dance. Have you seen La La Land? Dude, he's triple yes. threat. He's, he's triple, triple threat. threat. He can act. He can triple sing. Threat. He can dance. You put put Emma Stone in there, and <laughs> as the grandma. She yeah, she could be the grandma. Boom. No, she could play the grandpa. That's she how could, good yeah, she is. She should be Grandpa Joe. There you go. Yeah, or yeah, she's and- the or the blueberry girl from the future, and they get together, and you know they they come back together, and it's like a love story almost. So if we're do we get Jumanji get two? We should be getting that. That's what we should yeah. get instead. Do we do we bring back Johnny Depp as uh, Willy Wonka? No, 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 no. See no. what you got to do is um, no, you gotta. You gotta, you gotta think younger. You gotta think like a um, man. Who's the guy playing Spider Man? Who uh, Tom Holland? Tom, <laughs> Tom Holland. The guy is just gonna just oh, print he money here yeah. pretty soon. He's, and he's British. He's a yeah. he's a dancer too. He, he's like an actor. Oh, he's another gymnast. triple threat. Another triple threat. Yeah, I mean, have you seen him on uh, Lip Sync Battle? It's great. Yeah. Oh, he he's a forpal. <laughs> he's a tour tour de force. I just nothing will ever beat the original Willy Wonka. So you might as well go all out and just go nuts. You got to go bananas. If Ryan Gosling is gonna play Willy Wonka, or he's gonna play Charlie, or he's gonna play the Grandpa, or he's gonna play Violet Beauregard, it doesn't matter. He's got to bring it the nuts. He's got to bring yeah, the bananas. I agree. They should. They should though resurrect Christopher Lee as Willy Wonka's dad. <laughs> Oh they could do the yeah, they could do the whole CGI thing. I think it'll work. They can make it happen easily. I yeah. mean, I, you could put Princess Leia in the next eighty Star Wars movies, and, and it'll work. Yeah, they could do it. The I'll remix with Zac Efron as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> you mean um, Sebastian? Uh, uh, was it uh, Bill, Bucky? Bucky looks just like young Mark Hamill. That is true. I've seen the uh, that meme or whatever. That's true. He does. Yeah, he does. That's my uh, favorite bit of news right now. Ryan Gosling and Willy Wonka. That's, that's amazing. You haven't heard of that. Do you have, any, do you have anything else, Chris Hawk, or did you want to I, just go? And... I, think, I think we're ready for uh, Baby Driver. What about you guys? Oh, I'm ready for Baby Driver. All right, I'm so ready. it's the main event. Welcome Baby to the main event. Driver. By um, Edgar Wright. This is, this is Edgar Wright's, I would say, fifth movie or so. It's, 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 um, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright, so this, it makes me happy that Edgar Wright's movies do well in the theaters. So, general thoughts, what did you guys feel after the end of the movie? I'm going to start you with Justin. Uh, immediately after the movie, uh, I just thought this actually lived up to the hype. Like, I feel like this year, more than any year I've heard, you know, this movie's excellent. This movie's excellent. And, I mean, while I haven't, like, hated everything that's come out this year, this is the first thing I felt like had a ton of hype that I was actually like, yeah, that lived up to it. So I was, I was definitely, I was pleased. I was pleased by the movie. Mario? Um, I, 
I was pleased as well. I agree with Justin. Uh, I think it did live up to its hype. Um, I thought it was good. Most of my issues uh, were uh, towards the the end of it, I guess. If I it, yeah, but it's kind of nitpicky in a way. Um, Justin or not just hey, you're Justin. Justin's on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Josh Haddix, Josh Haddix, old member of Cinema Seven, actually uh, texted me his uh, negatives and positives, which I'll. I can mention later, but I kind of agree with That's a good the, idea. Uh, one of his negatives. Um, but I, I thought it was very stylish and I like, I like Edgar Wright's style. I think this, I think him doing his own thing is, is good for him. I, I, I don't know how he would have fit with Ant-Man when he was supposed to do Ant-Man. Um, I, did he write Ant-Man? Chris Hawk, do you know? He he has been he worked on Ant Man for over ten years. That was a passion project for him, and apparently there was some. He wanted. He, I don't know if it was. I don't know the real thing. I don't think anyone will really know. But I just know that he wanted to make a movie that Marvel didn't want, or Marvel wanted him to make a movie that he didn't want. So he that was one of the movies that he really really wanted to make. And yes, he he did have a script wrote. Uh, written and he did have like people signed up and all that jazz it was it was like a really special project for him do we know if uh they used some of his uh script i i i bet that some parts were homages to because i don't know about the whole copyright thing with a script or a uh screenplay i i don't know about i don't know about all that stuff i bet you there are some scenes in that movie that are i i mean i can see remember uh Remembering the Ant-Man movie, there are some parts that feel like an Edgar Wright uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like that he's doing his own thing, to go back to Baby Driver. Um, it's, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just really, it's jazzy in a way, without, without a lot of jazz. But I mean, the music makes it feel hip, and, and uh, it's just real stylish, and I, I, I dug it. So I, I was totally wrong. It's definitely not his fifth movie, but I would say in a wide release type movie, other than Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim of the World's End, this would be, I think this is his biggest release. So you could definitely feel the Edgar Wright in this movie, and I think that's what makes this movie so enjoyable to me, because I'm, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright's movies. So what I felt at the end was, it was like pure joy. That's, that's how I felt about this movie. It, a similar movie where I felt that was, um, and I'm going to bring it up a lot, is uh, Pacific Rim, where the movie didn't make a lot of sense, but it was so enjoyable, I just ignored all the bad things that happened in that movie. And uh, I'm going to get into a little bit more later, but I'm, uh, Pacific Rim and Baby Driver made me feel glad to see this movie in a movie theater. Like, this is, this is the whole reason I go to movies, and it's because of these types of movies. Boom. Okay. I see you. I see you. You see me? All right. So we're going to get into some spoiler territories. We're going to, I think we're going to lead the way. So we're going to talk about the actors and characters first, before we even touch the music of this movie. And um, we're going to start with the main actor, uh, Angel S. I'm just going to call him baby. (laughs) What's his real name? Angel what? It's Ansel Escort or... I'm not very good with names. Angel, uh, well, yeah. It's uh, not, it's, it's, um, 
So anyway, the main guy, his name uh, is Baby. Baby. How, how yeah. do we feel, Baby, as a leading uh, leading role for this movie? I lo- I liked him. I thought he was. I thought he did pretty good. I th- I, um, he was convincing as the uh, would as the part that he, uh was playing. I mean, I don't know how to describe the 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 character, but I, I was convinced that that was Baby. If that makes any sense. Definitely. I don't know. How about you, Justin? Um, I like them. I didn't do any of my homework on his name, so you you got his name closer than I would have. Um, but I thought he was I thought he was fine because his his uh, role doesn't require a ton of uh, spoken dialogue. So, I mean, he he was fine at what he did. Um, he doesn't have exactly the greatest resume as far as like hits go. Um, he was in like the uh, Divergent series. He was in like Paper <laughs> Towns, stuff like that. Um, so he hasn't been in anything that's like required him to be an excellent actor. But I thought I thought he was fine in this role. I mean, he, you know, he, he was believable. I, I didn't hate him. I liked him. He's good. So I definitely liked. An- His name is Ansel. Oh, I just I totally forgot it again. It's Ansel. Baby Elgort. So it's the main Ans- character, baby. It's, it's it's Ansel Elgort. So I definitely got some. I don't know if you know this, but Ansel was one of the names dropped for the Han Solo movie, uh, uh, prequel that Mario loves. Oh, so, oh. yeah. Did oh, you yeah. guys get some Han Solo vibes from him throughout this movie? Because he definitely kind of wore similar clothing to Han Solo at some parts. I don't know. I was if about you guys to mention that. that. I was about to mention that that his jacket kind of did look like when you just see him in the in the steering wheel or they show him in the car that jacket he had did kind of look like almost uh like a homage to Han Solo Han Solo's clothes in a way to me do you think you would have wanted him over uh Aiden to be Han Solo Mario um <laughs> there's only one Han Solo okay man <laughs> that's Harrison Ford okay so no, <laughs> I, I will concede my point. But um, for what he did, for all the charm with uh, him and uh, um, Lily James, I thought he did a well. I think mostly we're gonna get into them right now. But I think almost every other actor kind of outshines him. And we're gonna talk about John Hamm and uh, Isaac Isaac Gonzalez. I wouldn't know if I would consider them bad guys yet, because they start off pretty neutral. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I guess, but, but ha- they do ha- rob a yeah. bank. So we're gonna talk about them together in tandem because they're kind of in every scene together. And uh, Buddy and Darling, which is basically the couple on the screen that are basically never stop touching each other. And Justin, how'd you? What'd you think about them? I thought they were great. Uh, I mean, John Hamm's awesome in pretty much everything that he does. Um. It, it's tough to say. I mean, Ansel is like, he doesn't have the resume that like every other actor had in this movie. I, I thought he stood his, his ground pretty well against them. I mean, he was up against John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, Kevin Spacey. So, yeah. It, Shane it's, it, from Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, <laughs> John Bernthal, which I was going to say is like, I really liked him in the beginning of that movie. I'm surprised that... Uh, he didn't stick around just because he kind of had this beef with uh with baby 
at the beginning how, that I, I was expecting him to come around and, uh, you know. How about that last line from him, though, that if you don't see me, I'm dead. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it's pretty damn funny. I guess that's what happened to him. I, I was, I kind of like by the end of it, I kind of wish that instead of bringing John Hamm back, that it was more him or John uh, Bernthal, um, Breathalyzer, John Breathalyzer, John Berthel. Um, <laughs> I kind of wanted. We're terrible I, I kinda, with names. <laughs> I kind of want to rather seed him more in that role of uh, chasing baby around. Did you not like the villain turn from uh, John Hamm? No, it made sense. Like the more I th- like after I saw it, I was kind of like, I'm just not a big fan of John Hamm. I don't know. Like, I I don't know. I I I guess I just. John Hamm's good. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a good actor. I just, for some reason, I don't gravitate towards John Hamm. I just, Anyt- I don't know. Yeah, anytime he's on uh, Saturday Night Live, I think but it he made does sense. extraordinarily well. Like, the more I thought about it, it does make sense what they did. You know, the way the movie played out, it, it made total sense. And, you know, it, for what it was, it was great. But I, I for some reason, I don't know. I, I would have liked John Berthel at the end there. I don't know. I, um, I definitely like his, his partner, Darling. I think, I don't know who she is, and I don't know what she's been in, but I thought she was fantastic as his sidekick. She, she was like a no-nonsense girl. She, she stood by her man, which I, I, I was so glad they didn't have her and Jamie Foxx hook up because it, it did have some kind of like, sometimes you know when um, like a, a male and a female character act like they hate each other. But then they're I didn't get that get, vibe at all. They're getting on in the back of the room or something like that afterwards. You know what I'm talking about though? I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I didn't get that vibe. I do I do think she was good though. She was pretty good in the movie. I, I'm totally glad she stuck by John Hamm. I'm like I'm and uh she was pretty she stood up for him. I thought that was pretty great. Justin, what do you think? Uh yeah, I thought she was good too. I didn't get that vibe with her and, and Jamie Foxx. I really liked the line about how uh she wanted uh uh, what's Madman? Uh, what's his name? John Ham. John Ham. Yeah, we, I love him. He's great. Uh, no, I, 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 I didn't get that vibe about her turning on John Ham. Uh, I thought their relationship was pretty good in the movie, but I really liked her her line that she had uh, about how she wanted John Ham to kill uh, Jamie Fox, like when he went to the store. I, I, I wish, cool. and I wish that came to fruition because that would have been a great of a great moment in the film, but. I, Another thing about this movie is that it just defies all your expectations. Yeah. Justin, uh, who's so, your uh, favorite character in this movie? My favorite character in the whole movie? Um, man, I really like Kevin Spacey a lot in this movie. Just his, his relationship. Oh, no, sorry. His, his relationship with, uh, with Baby I thought was really cool. Um, so I, I guess I'd probably say Kevin Spacey. I mean, the guy's excellent in everything he does. Mario, who is your favorite character? Um, it'd probably be Jamie Foxx or Kevin Spacey, because uh, I agree with Justin. Kevin Spacey's amazing in anything he's in, and I think he excels in these like eccentric, um, straight. Like even though the character's kind of straightforward in a way, like I, I think it's uh, out of the box. You know what I mean? And, and eccentric. What's, it, what's in the box? Uh, not Kevin Spacey's head. Yeah. But I, I just thought he he does good in these like indie. I don't know if he considers an indie movie, but 
you know what I mean? I think he does good in these, like, ex- I'm trying to think of a, a word that these, these exotic. He, he, just does, he just does good. Yeah, he just, <laughs> honestly, he just does. He just does great. Uh, Jamie Foxx, I thought, was, uh, like, anytime I see Jamie Foxx in a movie, like, I'm like, that's Jamie Foxx. But once I watch the movie, I believe it's the character he's playing. Like, he can make me believe, except for Spider-Man 2. But I... <laughs> <laughs> you mean Amazing I, Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 2. You're right. Spider-Man 2 was awesome. And he... I don't know. He... Uh, Jamie Foxx just... I believe whatever character he is. And in this, especially, I believed who he was. Like, I believed that he was Bats. I don't know. I saw Bats instead of Jamie Foxx, where, you know, if you see Brad Pitt, I see Brad Pitt. Or if I see Matthew McConaughey, I'm like, oh, it's Matthew McConaughey. Or if I see... Uh, George Clooney. I'm like, it's George Clooney. But, you know, with Jamie Foxx, I, I see whatever character he plays. Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree. Uh, Jamie Foxx might have been my favorite character just because of how unhinged of a character he plays. And every scene he's in, I'm drawn to what he's saying and his actions and what he's wearing and how it, like, interacts with the scene. And how, like, he wears bright colors to make everything focus on him. How... He has, I think he has one of the, him and uh, Kevin Spacey have one of the best lines in the maybe when he, um, best line, did I say best lines in the baby? <laughs> but, he's, but he has the, he, when he said F yo baby, that was, I think that was one of the best lines in the movie. And then uh, Kevin Spacey has the uh, don't quote monsters ink at me, which yeah. I think, I think it brought down the house when I saw it. Like it really did, was just a great line from Kevin Spacey, he delivers the hell out of it. It's like a three arc joke that's running throughout the entire movie and he kills it but i would say my absolute favorite character is the surrogate dad that that a baby has and that he's deaf and how he uses sign language to talk to him i just thought he was the heart a little bit of the heart of the movie even though he only interacts with baby i thought i thought he had some great lines with uh baby and he that is uh cj jones who played that character I liked him a lot too. Um, what, so, what was uh? Okay, go ahead, Chris Hogg. I, I yeah, was thank you, thank you. Space there, bud. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> so why don't we why don't we just get right down to the music of this of this um movie and how sound relates to the entire process of this movie? Did you guys at the beginning of the movie hear the ringing in your ears when it started? I heard. I actually heard ringing. Kind of throughout the movie at certain parts. I don't know if you guys did or if I'm just, you know, just like baby. But I heard I heard ringing at certain parts. It start when the movie starts. You can definitely hear, start to hear the tinnitus like ringing a little bit. Like it's it's supposed to show you that that's what it's that's what it is. And like throughout different parts of the movie, uh, the movie when he loses his earbuds or something crazy happens you can hear the tinnitus again and i i thought that was a nice little addition to this movie that i didn't expect i i i think i heard it a little bit i think it was uh if it was there it was subtle unless like i said i am baby <laughs> <laughs> you are baby you're gonna be a baby driver too yeah <laughs> an actual baby driver did you guys have a favorite song or a favorite scene involving music in this movie? Justin, I'll let you go first. Um, man, I'm trying to remember the uh, the the Mike Myers 
scene. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that the, was pretty. That I, was pretty great. I can't remember what song that was at the time, but I like uh, the setup for it. You know how Baby constantly has to have a song like in tune with what's going yeah. on during the process. I like how they they took too long to get out, and he's like, "Hold on a second, and then he has to rewind it, like to, and he's like, "All right, go," and then he lets him go, and then he hits play on his iPod. I thought that was like probably one of the best uh, uses of like audio. Plus, the song was was really good. Mario, how about you? Uh, I like the the opening. I like how they uh did the the chase in the beginning with the song or him singing in the car. That whole like one take type thing. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, him walking down the street to get coffee was really good too. Uh, that whole I think that was one take maybe, and that was uh pretty neat. Uh, I think my favorite was the MC, uh. Uh, young MC one. That was that was pretty neat. Um, I, I kept, think that was my favorite. I kept thinking during that part where he's walking down the street with the coffee. I kept thinking about Spider Man three, and I was like, "This is this is what they wanted for Spider Man three when you got like the emo Peter Parker like <laughs> dancing in the street and stuff." I was like, "This is what they pictured. This is what they wanted, and they couldn't do it." But they baby they probably did. Right. They probably I, did. um. I definitely I love the scene where he's on foot and he's running from the cops and uh, the song Focus from uh, Hocus Pocus comes on. Or is it the song Hocus Pocus by Focus? Uh, I don't know. But it was just, it's a really, like, inca- a captivating song. And then it, how he runns to the beat of the song and the, or how he runs, he changes his pace to run to the beat of his heartbeat. That was, it was just a creative scene to use beat the beats per minute or beats per second and how he'd, he'd escape from the cops. And I just, it's just crazy how everything is, the timing of this movie is, is crazy. It's funny how Justin mentions Spider-Man 3, and we just did a Picture or Fix It episode on Spider-Man 3, which you can listen to, which where we fix Spider-Man 3, or we try to fix Spider-Man 3 to make it better, or to make a better third Spider-Man movie. But I... Going off of that, uh, the you know, uh, trying plug. to do, trying to do what Spider Man Three was trying to do. I, I think this was a better drive. <laughs> I thought, like, well, I thought well, about Drive the whole time, and I thought this was a better drive. Justin, did you have you you've seen Drive, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you like Drive? I like Drive. Um, I'm with Mario that I I enjoyed Baby Driver more than Drive, but I think Drive so, is a, is an okay movie. I, I like it. When me and Mario first saw it, we thought yeah. it was a comedy. <laughs> well, we didn't think it was a comedy. We just there's some parts in the movie in the theater when there's only like I think we made people leave because we were laughing so hard. <laughs> but there's a scene where he goes where he meets he kind of just meets that his neighbor right in the apartment complex in Drive. Um, to step away from Baby Driver real quick, uh, talk about Drive. Um. He he's like he's talking to the 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 girl and he's helping her with her groceries or something and it's just so awkward and me and Chris Hawk could not stop laughing <laughs> like and she's like she offers him a water she's like you want a water or something and he's like mm, yeah okay or something he says something really like just okay and he just looks at her and smiles and it was so weird and me and Chris Hawk were laughing so hard and. There was another part where we just couldn't stop laughing. I think it was when the guy got blown away with a shotgun. <laughs> we laughed at that part too for some reason. 
Well, quit. It's a, that's definitely a movie we'll have to do a take two on because I think I wasn't ready for that movie. Like I was, I just wasn't yeah. in the mood for that movie. But I don't know. For some reason, when I watched Baby Driver, I was thinking, I was like, this is what Drive should have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're also, you know, takes me back to what I was saying earlier. You got the star power of uh, Ryan Gosling, and that's that's yeah. hard to remove from your brain. You know. That's, yeah. When, when do you not think about Ryan Gosling? I mean, Young so Willy Wonka. Yeah, so what did you guys? Wonka, he can be. He can be Drive. He can be anything. So what did you guys? How did you guys feel about the driving scenes? They were excellent. Yeah, I thought I, the whoever helped coordinate the stunts and stuff. I I don't know how much of it was uh, real, but. I think it, it was, was 100%, pretty neat. It was ninety six percent real. Oh wow! I, I, the one part in the beginning when he gets on the highway, um, I saw this movie with my grandfather, and he's really loud because he can't hear. So for some reason, he talks really loud to hear himself. But uh, <laughs> when he hides with the other red cars, my grandfather is like, "Oh!" Like he looks at me, and he points, and he's like, "That's smart!" <laughs> like really loud. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty cool. How how did you feel that they really don't pay any attention to the heists themselves? It's basically just the before and after. It's kind of like Reservoir Dogs in that they never show you the heists, and it's only about the planning and the getaway. Speaking of Tarantino, I kind of wanted to uh, ask you guys this, but uh, I kind of got a sense. I kind of get the sense that Tarantino started this whole like uh, putting unorthodox music in with uh movies instead of having a generic you know like action soundtrack or whatever you know a generic soundtrack score and i feel like he kind of started this whole thing with the with the music but like things like guardians of the galaxy and you know this with or Edgar Wright movies have done it too in the past i think but where they kind of like focus the music is what kind of what they build the movie around in a way, or it kind of sets the tone of certain things. How do you guys feel about the movies with uh, like modern or common uh, music, like rock music and stuff? Um, I mean, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I think about that actually all the time with uh, Quentin Tarantino. Reservoir Dogs is a prime example of that because that movie is is filled with you know old school music that's kind of like happy-go-lucky but it's it's put in serious situations i mean especially the the um steelers wheel stuck in the middle with you scene is i mean that is a perfect example of a song that it doesn't really fit the scene at all it's a torture no, scene it and you got this yeah. like happy song going on it's perfect I kind of think I, about it every time hold on i'll come back to you chris i'm sorry go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. i i kind of think about it Anytime I watch a movie, I'm like, oh, they could have played a better song. They, I just like, I wish they would do it more in, in movies, but I feel like if they did it more, I'd probably get tired of it. But like, there's not a point in any movie I watch where I'm just like, they could have played such a, such like a badass song in this scene and it would have worked. I don't know. It, instead of like a generic score. But See, Chris I, Hawk, what I, were we gonna say? I think that's where Quintantino excels in his movies, where instead of placing a score that would do the same thing, he in, he infuses nostalgia through music 
So I think that's how we can identify more with Quentin Tarantino movies, just because of the fact that when you think of a song, like if you think of Steeler's Wheel now, you think of the torture scene. If you think of um, Don't Be Misunderstood, you think of Kill Bill. Like there's so many songs you, uh, like, that are like unanimously thought of with Quentin Tarantino movies, and I think he does it purposefully. And I, and I think that's what makes him such a good director is because his movies are so memorable because you have, like, three things that are, everyone loves. Movies, music, and popcorn. I mean, you just it's three <laughs> things everyone loves. It goes without saying. Yeah. I'm, who I'm doesn't? Who does, yeah. Do, would you guys describe this movie as an action musical? Uh, not really. You don't think so? I don't know. Not, not, for, not me, personally, but um, do, do you think that way, Chris Hark? I, I did I, I I thought this was an action musical where it's I don't I didn't even see it as a comedy really I thought there was more action than comedy did you did you guys think about that also? Um, I don't know I, I I think he mixed I me personally I think he mixed the comedy and the action and and the drama and stuff I think he mixed it all or meshed it together pretty well for this for the plot like I I think. You know, none of the comedy felt forced. Like um, when I go see a Marvel movie, cough, cough. Don't um, even, uh, don't even uh, bring a Marvel movie, okay? You're ridiculous. <laughs> we'll see when we see Homecoming how I feel about comedy, but I, I don't know. I think he, I just think he meshed everything well, like all the John, like all those type of genres, like that in this movie. Justin, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I I could see where you're uh, where you're coming from. Chris, uh, I, I thought more action comedy, but I, I, the beginning, I guess, kind of has that little bit of a vibe of like that action musical sort of thing with the, you know, walking with the you know the coffee and singing and all that stuff. But uh, I, I think after that, after like the first 30 minutes, they kind of get away from that. So this is um, we're coming to a part of the movie where it could definitely spoil a lot of it. So if you don't want to listen to anymore else, you can skip ahead like 15 minutes and you should be fine. So we're going to talk about the deaths in this movie. And I think the deaths in this movie have actual impact in them. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but when like some of the actors died, I really felt like a gut punch. And I think it's, it's because of the way it was set up, but I think it's also because of the music. What do you think, Mario? Um, I, I, I can agree. I can see how you see. I, I can see that. I, I, I think the music, the music definitely adds an element to this movie. Where if you didn't have the music in it, it'd be kind of uh, weird. You know, I don't know. Like, I, I just didn't think the comedy was forced. I thought that I thought the action in the stunt, the car stunts or driving was, was uh pretty good and i thought um when it came down to the the drama elements it, it made you like him in, like baby and deborah i, I think it kind of um it was it was uh the heart of the movie it kind of made you kind of made me smile when i wanted to see those scenes because you're like uh oh that's that's awesome i don't know <laughs> that's adorable you know what i'm saying i don't know Justin, what do you think about the deaths? Um, I mean, Jamie Foxx's was like that was a very Tarantino move to you know go back to talking about Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think I, I can't 
I can't help but think of Edgar Wright and Tarantino kind of the same thing because both of them have to be, as far as their movies are, are the best edited movies, I think, that are around right now. Like, oh, those transitions between cuts with the camera, how it like zooms over and stuff, it's pretty great. It's insane. And then the sound editing, it, this movie needs to be nominated for like some type oh, of sound it editing. It needs to win. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but the Jamie Foxx one is just so sudden. Because uh, you don't really think he's gonna go out. You like we were talking about earlier. You think the uh, uh, John Hams character is gonna have this duel with him at the end, and it's like no, it's, like, it's just sudden death. There he is. He's dead. And uh, I, think, I, I really like that route that they took. Do you think Jamie Foxx has the best death in the movie? Yeah, I would say most creative one for sure. Definitely, I did. I didn't see coming right off the bat, right there. I like. I. I mean, I figured that he was gonna die, but not, not so fast. I think Shane from The Walking Dead had the best death. <laughs> the Oscar, didn't see that the one. Oscar death. <laughs> and what about the guy from Hawaii Five O? He died pretty uh, anticlimactically, also. Oh yeah, uh, what was his name? The he puts the Asian in a home invasion. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Flea has like a small cameo. Also, I like Flea whenever he's he does he uh, acts like in the uh, Back to the Future movies and and all that. He's just a you. He's instantly recognizable. Back to talking about. Uh, I hate to go backwards. Sorry, but uh, you're good. Talking about the the guy from Hawaiian Five O. I thought he was like pretty funny because he, he was like the one in charge of the whole the getting the mask thing. Stuff. I thought his dialogue was pretty good. He's in the movie for such a short period of time, but I thought he was probably one of the funniest characters. I agree. I think I think he was uh he was pretty he he fit he fit in there pretty well. Made the movie uh more enjoyable. It's it's pretty amazing to think that even the throwaway characters, I wouldn't even say throwaway characters, but every even the minor characters have some great lines in the movie that just it makes this movie so much more. I'm going to bring up uh, Josh's uh, positives and negatives, if that's cool. Josh Haddix, old member of the podcast. Who? Shout out Josh Haddix. Shout out who? R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, he said that the cinematography was gorgeous. Um, he loves anything with uh, one takes, obviously. Uh, the AC- ACRing, he said, was a fun little cheesy, uh, but also serious. I don't know what that means. Um, a- ACRing. What, Josh, what is that? You got to autocorrect here, bud. Uh, <laughs> but also, um, he said the soundtrack was awesome. The Bell Bottom song was his favorite. He liked how the characters didn't have sex. Um, <laughs> odd thing to bring up. Okay. That's a very odd And this thing is the negative up. that I wanted to bring up that I kind of agree with him, is that the end, uh, it felt a little long near the end. Um, like, uh, with, with John Hamm constantly escaping, you know, death, I guess, and popping up, I thought that was, it kind of drug on a little too long, but, uh, I can't, I, I, he says it's nitpicking. I, I can agree it's nitpicking. Uh, but that's, are we talking about the, are we talking about the actual ending or the climax? Um, because killing John Hamm is still the is still the climax. Maybe he's talking about the uh, maybe then he's talking about the ending where he's in prison, 
where it kind of just shows him in prison and stuff and the people on the stand. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like a typical Edgar Wright ending. Um, it was kind of drawn out a little bit. What uh, what do you think about that, Justin? Um, I was fine with it. Uh, I was thinking about the whole trying to figure out uh, a negative to say about this movie. And I think the John <laughs> Hamm stuff was kind of me nitpicking as well. But I guess you can make the argument that maybe that went on for a little too much. Um, or for a little too long, sorry. Uh, just the whole, like, he's dead. We know he's not dead. Oh, there he is. He's not dead. He's back. And then, you know, you got to kill him again. He's not dead again. All right. But it happens so fast and the movie keeps such a good pace going that it doesn't ever become irritating. Um, And I think the whole prison stuff was whatever. You kind of had to have something happen with this character. He, He did so many you know, terrible things. He was involved in all these terrible, like, heists. It's, it's realistic. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so I'm, you, kind you of, I'm actually have... glad. Yeah, I'm actually glad he didn't get away with it. Right. I think... Um, Is that your I only it... negative? Um, Me? Or... Sorry. You go ahead, Justin. Mario. Sorry. If you're, if you're ready, Mario, if you have it. I don't think uh, Justin's that, that ready. Was, that was... The John Hamm thing was my only negative. Um, I'm guessing... The end that you suggested with the prison thing was probably maybe Josh's, Josh's uh, negative that I was talking about. But um, other than that, really, I, didn't, I didn't really have any uh, like negatives. I mean, I had a, uh, maybe a few nitpicks, but you know, there's no sense in going over those. Uh, the movie was enjoyable. Um, I, I do, I do have a feeling that that ending kind of set up maybe a sequel. It could set what? up a sequel. I don't That's, know about that, that. I felt that way. You felt that way? Hmm. Well, I do have a quote. I don't know if it's a quote. Is it from Sony? They want to baby drive a sequel? Uh, toddler Edgar toddler driver? says it's possible he makes a baby right sequel. Yeah. Um, baby driver. Did you have any more negatives, Justin? No, as far as the negatives go, that's, that, that pretty much... I, I didn't really have anything. and uh, I kind of felt like, yeah, a lot of it's nitpicking. A lot of the stuff at the end... Is is really the only time the movie kind of veered into this this odd direction? But I, I there wasn't a moment that I really can complain about that movie. I, I so, think I can I can have another I can, I can find another negative another another one. Do you want me? Want to? Can I say mine and then you go? You know, oh, you got you. Chris Hawk has a negative. I do have a negative actually, and literally I think it's my only negative, and it's the fact that we really don't get to know Deborah as a character. She's really just there as a, like, as a, for something for baby to latch onto. She's basically baby's mother. And we really don't know anything about Deborah except for the fact that she'll say yes to anything baby wants her to do. (laughs) That's actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. That, that is something that could have been uh, worked on a little bit better. I kind of liked her the way she was, though. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't really have an issue with Deborah. I mean, I, I it was a nitpick also, but I just it's not about, like it breaks it doesn't break the movie at all. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. The only other thing I would say is a negative is how how about Kevin Spacey like kind of threatening baby, kind of using baby, but then uh, you know kicking him out, and then all of a sudden like uh, change his I'm change help of heart you. and how sudden it is. Yeah, yeah, I think. Manipulative people do whatever they want to get what they want. 
so he he's like a classic uh class A type personality where he's going to do whatever it takes to get what he wants. But I don't think he truly means it. But he he can do it though, type of thing. And it's like a it's almost like a mobster with a hotter gold type story for Kevin Spacey. Okay, I got you. What do you think? You you don't do you agree? I can agree. Or? I can I can agree with you. I mean, because I do agree that the turn that the, the yeah. turn that he has is very sudden. Yeah, it, it it's sudden, but at the same time, when I think about you, it, you can understand it. Maybe yeah, maybe it would have been too generic to have because the whole time I'm I'm waiting for him. I actually thought it would be Kevin Spacey that was in the diner after that huge shootout. I thought John Hamm's character would have been dead, but. And I thought it would have been Kevin Spacey would have been there because even the reveal when that would he gets have been to the diner, cool. Deborah goes, "Your friends here," and she knows who Kevin Spacey is more than she does John Hamm's character because you know he paid for their dinner or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, so I was expecting it to be Kevin Spacey, and I thought Kevin Spacey would actually be the final like villain. So well, I guess like it, you know it was a nice surprise that it didn't go that route. I didn't expect him to actually try to help Baby. Um, Chris, do you want to do you want to move into? Uh... Well, we could do one more thing before. Okay. Um, do you guys have a definite favorite scene in this movie? Hmm. I like when he jumps over the car. I thought that was pretty sweet. That was cool. Um, my favorite scene is when um they're in the laundromat, uh, baby and Deborah, and they're they're both listening to the earbuds. And they're kind mm-hmm. of pirouetting around each other, and they're like dancing around each other. I'm not gonna lie when I said I think that might be like the most romantic scene in a movie I've seen in a long time, and I've seen La La Land, and I think it it's more romantic than La La Land. It was just, it was just a charming scene for me for them to dance around each other while listening to earbuds. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried to listen to earbuds together with a person and yeah. walk at the same time. It's pretty hard to do. Hold on a second. So you're, you're telling me that baby is better than the goss? <laughs> you gotta Look, be careful, the goss, man. The goss has his day, okay? The goss you're has his baby day. Baby should be younger Willy Wonka. Is that oh. what you're saying? <laughs> I think that's what he's trying to say. I don't know. Instead of younger Han Solo, you think he should be young Willy Wonka? So, so unless anyone has anything other to bring up or. Another favorite scene. We're going to get into summaries. I did want to ask one last question real quick. Favorite Edgar Wright movie. Is this your favorite or do you have (sighs) a different one? This is hard. Because there's what? Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. uh, World's End, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, No, he did not do Paul. It just has his people in it. (laughs) He didn't do Paul. I think... I think my favorite Edgar Wright thing is his cameo in Land of the Dead. I think that's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) He's bald in that one, right? No, he's in the he's in the background. Him and Simon Pegg or uh, George Romero, I guess, wanted them to be in the movie as cameos or something, or he contacted them because of Shaun of the Dead, and they're in the background chained up. And I think there's one quick shot of them he shows. I don't even remember that. Um, I think it's uh, my favorite Edgar Wright movie is Hot Fuzz, and it's only because 
I've seen that movie at least 20 times. That's one of the few movies I can say I've seen more than 20 times because every single time you watch it, something new comes up. There's like a joke because Edgar Wright does where he does these types of jokes where it's not only verbal dialogue um, on the screen, background, in the script. It just every every there's like a joke every single place in in, a, in an image or in a in a shot for him, and it's it's fun to try and look for them. It's it's crazy how in depth and how 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 just how he does how he directs and how he he writes it it's immersive it what he does is just it's it's crazy i think mine would have to be baby driver if i had to pick one honestly have you seen all the uh yeah i think you have seen all the edgar right is uh i think didn't we go see world's end together yeah we did how was that i never saw that movie you never saw world's end that's the only one i haven't seen yeah it's definitely fun uh in terms of the Cornetto Cornetto trilogy, I would say it's the weakest. Uh Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, then World's End. That's how I would rate the Cornetto trilogy. But Scott Pilgrim has a special place in my heart because anytime I watch it, I I fall in love with it again and again. I see for the longest time Scott Pilgrim was like one of my favorite movies. And then um I went back to that a couple months ago. And as far as like the, well, I haven't seen that world's in, but compared to his other movies that I have seen, I, I have to put Scott Pilgrim kind of last just because the, the material of like him having to squeeze like the whole graphic novel series into one hour and 30 minute movie. It just moves at like a thousand miles a minute. Like too many things are happening. So you read the graphic novel? Yeah, I, I read them because um, I was obsessed with Scott Pilgrim when it first came out. I still think it's a decent movie. It's just not mm-hmm. revisiting it now. It's not as good as I remember it. So is it Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead? <sighs> as far as what's his best right now? What's your favorite? Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Compared just, to Deadpool. You know, it has my second favorite Ryan in it. Uh, Reynolds is, <laughs> he's, he's no Gosling, but you know, he, do, he, he does his job. No, um, Shaun of the Dead is awesome, but it's one of those things where it's like, maybe I, maybe I will say Baby Driver, but at the same time, maybe it's because Baby Driver's so new and I've only seen it once. I've seen Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim like at least 20 to 30 times a piece. So it's tough. It's a toss-up, though, between Shaun of the Dead or, or Baby Driver. I like it. So... We do. Um, we usually do summaries, and then we give our final grade. I don't know how you do a final grade, but I know Mario does uh, one to ten. I do the similarity Rubicon, and John does one out of ten. Last, you- I just want to say a year ago, last time Justin was on, he heard the Chris Taku grade, I believe, and you explained it to him. Yes. But now you have a new one, the similarity Rubicon. Yeah, I, I, have you heard any of the uh, recent podcasts about the similarity Rubicon, Justin? I did, and I was actually very surprised that you got rid of the Chris Taku review. The Chris, <laughs> I was the Chris kind of Taku, sad, but you know, the Chris Taku will probably come back for like maybe a, like a special Christmas edition for Star Wars, maybe. But um, for the similarity Rubicon, of course, I I pick themes from different movies or movies that are similar, very similar or like to the movie I just saw, and then I say whether it's enjoyable or not. Mario, do you want to give your final summary and grade? 
Um, besides, yeah, I, I will. Um, besides, you know, the couple nitpicks I had, I, I love, I love any kind of movie that plays like that, that, uh, like normal music you would, you would, you would actually listen to in the movie or something that would play that makes something, uh, something that, you know, you want to expect that song to go with, um, type of thing or, or just how, uh, actual music, I guess, instead of a score. Uh, I like how I like how Edgar Wright based this movie off of actual music, in a way. If he did, or just the this, I got that sense. Um, I thought it was very stylish. I thought the cinematography was great. Uh, the acting was pretty good. Um, you know, besides you know the a few little nitpicks I had, like the Kevin Spacey thing and you know John Hamm. Um, I thought this movie was pretty good. I'm gonna give it a uh, eight point five out of ten. Wow. Justin, are you ready or you want me to go first? Um, I'm, I think I can go. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it uh, short. Um, I thought it starts out perfectly. It maintains that, uh, that tempo that tries forward. One of the big things that I wanted to mention earlier, the soundtrack, every song in it is, uh, is amazing as far as it's, you're not getting your generic action movie music like you picture if this kid's gonna listen to ipod he's gonna listen to like you know uh under pressure by queen or like eye of the tiger or something like that i like how it <laughs> yeah. doesn't go down that route it maintains like good music that just it works throughout uh everybody's great in it um near the end yeah it starts to slow down a little bit it seems like it doesn't know when it wants to wrap up right so uh, at the end, I'll give it the same review that I gave uh, Swiss Army Man on that, uh, that lost episode. <laughs> I'll give it a nine out of ten. High praise. So do the baby driver. So. The point. <laughs> Round no point fives for Justin. That's everybody good. gets on my points. Hey, you know. So so baby driver was definitely a success. I would say this was the movie of the summer for many people and I think it definitely lives up to the hype and it exceeds the hype. I would I I would agree with Justin from the beginning of the podcast where this movie had so much hype behind it and there were some expectations that it wasn't going to meet it and I'm I'm glad it did meet it and it it actually rose rose to it. Uh I would I'm going to just dab a little bit on the all the little small things how it was good like the tinnitus, the music with the beats, the gunfights that went with the beats, the um the dancing that went with the beats, the car uh, chases that went with the beats. It's, it's perfect. That is, it, it's so pleasing to the eye and to the ear. So it's, it's like an overload almost. I think where this movie shines is in the, the, um, the scenes where they're getting ready for the heist and the, the aftermath of the heist when they're all together and the, the bouncing uh, off of the actors of... I think that's some of the funniest stuff and the best acting in the entire movie. I'm going to I'm going to say that if you ever seen the movie Heat, there's some there's some uh realistic sh- uh shooting scenes in Heat that I feel like I could see in Baby Driver and I I've kept on coming back to it. So that's a movie that I would um that I would attribute to Baby Driver. I definitely got some La La Land-esque type um, <laughs> I got some La La Land type um, esque to it, where in the laundromat scene, where it's the 
the primary colors and the uh, washing machines. I thought that was pretty pretty obvious what it was going for, and it kind of felt like a La La Land-esque scene. Um, going into the galaxy because of uh, the emphasis on music and how it plays heavily in the movie itself and how they're doing this. It's, uh, it's like a whole new format of movies where it's mostly about the music and how it ties in. And then, of course, Drive, where they're kind of similar characters. They're really only good at one thing, and that's driving. And it kind of shows. It's almost like an Asperger's syndrome type-esque that he has. And I don't know if that's a true diagnosis of the character or not, because I'm not pretty well-versed in uh, that type of field. But it, it kind of feels that way. But I don't know if that's true. So I'm going to say that if Heat and La La Land had a baby, and then Guardians of the Galaxy and Drive had a baby, and then those two babies had a baby, you would get Baby Driver. <laughs> so I uh, pretty much enjoyed this movie a lot. Okay, but uh, better soundtrack, Guardians of the Galaxy or Baby Driver? Uh, which Guardians of the Galaxy are we talking about? One. One. Uh, ooh. 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 I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just go. You want me to go? Yeah, what do you think? I mean, the songs in, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are more recognizable. That's true. Um, I'll, I'll give this... I'll, I'll have to say Baby Driver, though, just because it's a little I bit agree. more of a... They, they did not their study well a little bit more than I would say uh, Guardians of the Galaxy did. I'm going to go against the grain and say Guardians of the Galaxy because I think it just fit... I think it was so perfect to the movie... I, you know what? It's going to be equal. I can't choose. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy or The Martian? <laughs> the Martian? Because The Martian the Mar- had that. Like, uh, Matt, they, Damon. Seen- Matt Damon. Matt Damon wins. Oh, Matt Damon. Damon. Okay. So that was our review of Baby Driver. Justin gave it a 9 out of 10 with high praise. Mario gave it a weird score of 8.5. I don't know where he gets those points from, but he also gave it high praise. And I attributed the movie to like four different movies, but also gave it high praise. Um, that's it for Baby Driver. Do you guys have anything else to button that up, or are we all good? Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it because I think yeah, it yeah. needs some help at the box office a little bit. It came in second. Yeah, I mean, what what, what was it, it going up against? It's going to be buried by Spider Man this Friday, probably. So it deserves your money. Yes. So see it before Spider Man if you plan on seeing Spider Man. So we're going to get into uh, some daily, some weekly recommends. Daily? Oh my goodness. <laughs> daily recommends. Uh, Mario, what is your weekly recommend? Wow. Uh, Were you I, not ready I, for it? Were you not I ready? I was not ready for it. I would have to say um, for a weekly recommend, let me look around here. Let me see what I got. What kind of weekly recommend? Uh, I'll go, Tokyo I'll go, Zombie. Tokyo <laughs> Uh, I, I recommend Tokyo Zombie. I think it's a really good um, talking about Edgar Wright and Shaun of the Dead and how he likes, uh, you know, he was in Land of the Dead and he likes uh, he likes uh, old George Romero movies. I, I say go 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 uh, rent or find out how to get Tokyo Zombie. I, I, it's uh, it's funny. It's a funny take on zombie movies. I mean, it's a ja- I think it's a Japanese movie by the name Tokyo, if I remember correctly. Uh, but Tokyo Zombie, that's my weekly recommend. Justin, do you have a weekly recommend? Uh, the first thing that popped in my head, for whatever reason, uh, check out. Man, this is a little bit older, but the new series is coming out. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. 
<laughs> the movie. First off, if you haven't seen that, and then if you like that, or you know, you've only seen that, check out the Netflix series Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. We are less than a month away from Wet Hot American Summer ten years later. Um I mean that that show's great. The movie's great. Uh, it's isn't it sad that Bradley Cooper's not gonna be in it though? What do you mean? Yeah, he's not gonna be in ten years later. I thought they showed him on they showed him in the trailer. What? I yeah, was he I was in the trailer for like a minute. I was informed I was informed he wasn't in it. Unless I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't know. I thought I totally saw him in that. Huh. He better be. I could be didn't wrong. You, I don't know. Didn't you didn't you just buy a game too, Justin? Uh I did buy uh the Crash Bandicoot collection, but I haven't played it yet. But uh I will say it's perfect, so go go buy that. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna recommend A Dog's Purpose and I'm gonna say that it was a perfectly pleasant movie that uh, made me tear up a lot definitely made me tear up uh, it, there's really no conflict in the movie but it uh, <laughs> because it's there's really none but it's such a feel good good feel good movie that makes you appreciate the pets in your life and it's overall just a heartwarming tale. Get it? Oh, get I get it. it. I did see that, actually, about a month ago, and I liked it as well, actually. It was a, it was a pretty big surprise. Boom. But, you know, if you want to see a dog die, like, ten times in the movie, <laughs> it, it, it's really easy to get people to, to be sad about that, because, I mean, it's, it's always harder to watch, like, an animal die in a movie than it is to watch a person. Chris Hawk does, like, loops. <laughs> yeah man loops looper so that is it for our episode today we are cinema seven we want to thank you again for listening we we uh we have a twitter page at cinema seven underscore podcast we have a facebook page cinema seven podcast we have a patreon instagram, instagram. what's our instagram is it cinema seven underscore podcast also yes boom find us on itunes find us on What's, what's Google the other Play, yeah, Stitcher. Google. There you go, Mario. Last.fm, Cash Crunch, all the, all the podcast goodie sites you can find us on. We also, we also want to thank Mario's mom for donating our- to us. <laughs> our- <laughs> she is the best. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate you, and I, I appreciate you being the only patron supporter so far. If you want to support our podcast, go to, Pat- go to Patreon or Patreon, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you know, if you like us, definitely support us. And I definitely uh, think I definitely think I can get my mom to donate. So that's oh, what I'm gonna do great. next. All our moms just donate to the podcast. I'm lovely. gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get my mom to donate. She won't even and care. I'll be like, "Hey, Justin, mom, I'm doing like this to, thing." Uh, tell us where we can find you on on the interwebs or find uh, Mega Retro Bros. Uh, you can watch me on Mega Retro Bros. Even though I haven't been on there that much <laughs> lately, just because I haven't been getting that much game stuff. But YouTube, Mega Retro Bros, uh, I'm on there. Uh, if you want to see me on Facebook, you can look me up on Facebook. Uh, Justin Genova. Uh, if you want to give me a call, my phone number is 757. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him that. That's it. That's all Don't I got. Do Don't do it. So, as always, from Cinema 7, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Bye.